This podcast provides audio versions of live webinars. Please see the episode description for a link to the full presentation. Welcome to Listen In, a bite-sized bio podcast series allowing you to access the best of bite-sized bio webinars wherever you are. Hello, this is Ava Amson welcoming you to this bite-sized bio webinar, which today is sponsored by IVIM Technology. IVIM technology facilitates high-resolution in vivo imaging inside living mice using all-in-one intravital microscopy. Today's presentation is titled Real-Time Intravital Microscopy – In Vivo Cellular Level Imaging of Internal Organs in a Live Animal and it's being presented by Pilan Kim from IVIM Technology. Pilan is an Associate Professor at the Korea Advanced Institute of Science and Technology. He received his PhD in electrical engineering in 2005 at Seoul National University. After his graduate studies, he became a research fellow at Harvard Medical School and Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston before taking up his current role as associate professor in 2010. He is also the CEO of IVIM Technology, the global number one provider of intravital microscopy solutions to the pathophysiology of various human diseases in vivo. As always, we will have a question and answer session after the presentation. So please type any questions you have into the questions box, which appears on the top right panel of your screen, and I'll put them to Pilan at the end. Details of how to access the on-demand recording of this webinar will be sent to you by email shortly. So now over to you, Pilan, for the presentation. Hello, my name is Pilan Kim from IBM Technology. Thank you for attending today's webinar. Today, I'm going to talk about real-time intravital microscopic technique, which is capable of in vivo cellular level imaging of various internal organs in a live animal. So this is a slide show you how, uh, what intravital microscopy can do. So as you can see in this video in the middle, compared to the conventional X-ray, CT, or MRI imaging, providing this tissue-level structural information, intravital microscopy can provide a very detailed live video in cellular level in a live animal model. This video in the middle is obtained from the lung of a sepsis mouse model. In green, you can see the blood circulation, and in there, you can see the neutrophil inside the vessel. So, so as you can see in this video, this neutrophil inside the vessel they are very active, they are uh, moving around very actively. And then all of a sudden, they make a small cluster in the middle, right? And then this cluster blocks this arterial in the middle. And then it, you know, disturbs the full blood circulation in the lung. So this is the key cellular level phenomena happens in the lung of a sepsis mouse model, also in a human patient as well. So yeah, so this is the uh, small device we used to stabilize the lung for the for this you know high resolution cellular level imaging uh, from the lung of a sepsis mouse model. So uh, this is the small window. So actually, we export the lung of the mouse model, and then we suck out the air inside this chamber, and then build up the negative air pressure, and thereby stabilize the uh, motion of the lung. Carefully against the transparent cover glass, 
And after that, we can obtain this higher resolution video uh, for 10 minutes, actually. Well, actually, we can extend the imaging time uh, more than 10 minutes, actually, up to one hour or even a couple of hours. But anyway, this is the key device we use to stabilize the lung uh, for live imaging, uh, for, for the lung imaging in the live anesthetic mouse model. So this is another uh, example obtained from the lymph node. So, uh, so again, the internal microscopy is capable of live several level imaging of moving cells uh, inside the uh, inside the uh, mouse model, uh, any tissue actually. So, so this is the preparation of the mouse model. So we understand the mouse first, and then we insert the electrode probe to monitor the body temperature, and then we feedback control the heating pad to keep the mouse body temperature to be stable during this imaging. Uh, and then we use the uh, high NA objective lens to obtain this high resolution video. So this video shows the uh, extra variation of T cell, the red color, and then green color B cells uh, in the high endocellular venue. Uh, it's, a, it's the venue uh, vessel in the middle of the uh, lymph node. So this is a two hour timeless video. And then you can see where and when this T cell and B cell extrapolate from the lumen of the HIV to the lymph node parenchyma. So this, uh, these arrows you know, point out the position of the extravasating point of this T cell and B cell. So as you can see, you know, this extravasation point is rather limited uh, in terms of the spatial uh, location to, uh, to, facilitate, to facilitate the uh, its active you know, T cell and B cell movement from the uh, HIV lumen to the lymph node so again, we have we can obtain this uh, very higher resolution several level live cell images uh, video uh, from the uh, live tissue in the live animal model. Well, well, in addition to the cell, you know, if we can label the drugs or, uh, or some nanoparticle or extra particle, we can image that drug as well. So this is a good example of that. So this is the uh, result of the in vivo liver drug delivery imaging. So the same, uh, so same preparation. So we use the heating lactate uh, probe and then heating pad to monitor the body temperature to keep the body temperature to be stable. And then in addition to that, uh, we catheterize the. Uh, I'm sorry about this. So we catheterize the tailband so we can inject the uh, fluorescently labeled uh, nanoparticle to the tailband. Well, at any time. So. so when I start this video, so uh, this video will start uh, soon again. So when we start the recording, we did the intravenous injection of the nanoparticle, this red fluorescent nanoparticle. And then as you can see in this video, this you know, nanoparticle appeared in the liver sinusoid in the liver of this mouse model well, about, uh, about after 10 seconds. And then you can see how this you know, nanoparticle flows through the liver sinusoid, and then you know, start to accumulate in the certain location inside the liver sinusoid. As you can see in the middle, in, the, in this bifurcation point, or uh, this point, or this point. And then you can also see the you know, flowing nanoparticle inside. So this is you know, a very nice example of the, uh, to show the, you know, the power of the intravital microscopy to analyze the drug delivery 
in a live animal model in microscopic scale. But that was about well, 30 second video, but we can extend a little bit, we can extend the uh, imaging field actually the more, much more than that. So we can extend it. So this is the one example uh, of 24 hour imaging obtained from the, again, from the live mouse model. Well, in this particular example, we use another technique called dosage skin pore chamber. So we can uh, basically, you know, implant this imaging chamber into the back skin of the mouse model. And in the middle of the window chamber, we inject GFP, uh, you know, the green protein expressing human triple negative breast cancer cell. And then we let the, uh, this breast cancer cell grow over two weeks. So this mouse will bear uh, this you know, human breast cancer uh, tumor actually on the back screen. And then after two weeks of that implantation of the skin point chamber and breast cancer cell, we monitor the delivery of the nanoparticle to this cancer cell through the tail band again. So let me show this, bit, uh, this slide first. So, so as you can see, this uh, nanoparticle and the blue color, uh, to, to begin with, this uh, blue color is actually the vessel endocellular cell. This vessel endocellular cell, vascular endocellular cell, was fluorescently labeled by injecting antibody, conjugate, uh, CD31 antibody, CD31 antibody conjugated with the uh, propyl. So at two hours before this imaging, we intravenously injected this uh, anti-CD31 antibody conjugate with the, uh, this blue color propyl, and then it systemically label all the vascular endocellular cell. So thereby, uh, we can, you know, nicely, you know, image this uh, vessel inside the tumor, inside this breast cancers, okay? And then up to six hours, so we keep the mouse to be anesthetized, and then we monitor, we continuously monitor how this, you know, red color, uh, red fluorescent nanoparticle appears inside of this tumor vessel. So as you can see, from two hours to six hours, uh, the amount of nanoparticle inside the vessel well, it is significantly increased. But unfortunately, actually, the most of this uh, nanoparticle you know, stays inside the vessel. It doesn't really you know, get out of the vessel and then deliver it to the tumor cell, to deliver it to the cancer cell. So well, after six hours, we let the mouse, we, you know, make the mouse to recover from the anesthesia and then, let it, uh, and then let the mouse to be recovered in the KZ. And at 24 hours, we bring the mouse again and then image the mouse again, the same mouse again at 24 hours. And then at 24 hours, now we can see, you know, the amount of the amount of nanoparticles inside the vessel is again, increased a little more. And then finally, we can see this nanoparticle is much more, you know, uh, get out of the vessel, uh, this blue colored vessel, and then deliver to the cancer cell. So as you can see here. So for example, you know, this cancer cell and this one, and also this one, you know, this nanoparticle was delivered to the cancer cell, you know, get out and then, right? So, well, basically we use the vessel, you know, as a landmark to find the exact same location. And then, uh, so we can, so anyway, so this is a good example how we can use intramental microscopy technique to monitor the drug delivery in a tumor model, the human tumor model uh, in a mouse.
So those are the industry example. So uh, the IBM technologies, intermittent microscopy can enable a dynamics with imaging of various cellular level dynamics compared to this macroscopic scale imaging technology, such as X-ray ultrasound, or PET-CT, or MRI, or OCT of LPDI, that all, on, all those imaging modalities can provide only organ or tissue level structural information. Compared to that, the intermittent microscopy is capable of much higher resolution imaging in a live animal model. So it can enable a dynamic you know, 3D imaging of various cellular level dynamics, such as cell trafficking, you know, the movement of the cells, and the cell-to-cell -cell interaction or cell-to-microenvironment interactions inside a live preclinical animal model in vivo. And then as I show you in these two examples for the drug development, the intermittent microscopy can enable a direct imaging analysis of drug delivery to a target tissue and cell. And then, and then later, we can also you know, monitor the drug efficacy to validate the mode of action of the drugs in a live preclinical animal model in vivo again. So uh, the Alpin technologies, we provide, we have been able to image almost every organ and tissue in an anesthetized live mouse model. So all these images shown in this slide was obtained from the live mouse model in vivo uh, under anesthesia. So, uh, so it includes like the bone marrow, brain, brain tumor in the brain, and the retina uh, in the mouse, in the, in the eyes, skin, and hair follicle in the skin, and the various tumor models as well. So this is actually a cancer model in the colon. And then pancreas, spleen, or GI tract, such as stomach, small intestine, colon. All these organs can be imaged in vivo. And then various other body tissue, prostate, Placentainer, pregnant mouse model, or various lymph nodes, memory tissues, or kidney, stethal muscle, liver, heart, lung, and so on. So uh, actually, we can image more than that. So we can image all other, well, any other organs you can imagine in in anesthetic mouse model. So all those live images was obtained can be obtained by using our very recent model of a dual mode in Tromata Compound 4 and 2 photomicroscopy, the IBM CMS3. It's shown like this. So it has you know, a single box, you know, you know this uh, design. So it's a very much optimized system for in vivo, several level intermittent imaging of a live animal model. And then it has all-in-one packaging, like right? this single box, all-in-one packaging for easy installation and cost and space saving. And also it can provide you the high usability as your users. So let me show you one short video clip here. So our uh, intermittent microscope box here. And then, you know, as you can see, you can open up the slide in the middle and then we can, you know, slide out the stage. And then actually this stage is equipped with the heating pan as well. So you put back on the heating pan to keep the uh, mouth temperature to be stable during the imaging. And then we can, you know, bring the mouse under the, uh, this high, uh, high NA objective lens. And then through the imaging window, we can image the internal organ of the mouse model. And inside this microscope, we have a compact core detectors and the lasers. 
uh, case, we can uh, we have a four detectors for compound detection, and then we can also have we also have you know two photon laser inside, and then we also have a four you know two photon detectors inside. So we can capable of a full color simultaneous compound detection and also full color two photon detection as well. And then uh, using those uh, four color detectors, we can you know obtain this very high resolution 3D cellular structure from the live mouse model. So this is the uh, uh, the real product we can we show you. All right, okay. So inside of this box actually, so we integrate very compact 920 nanometer pentasecond pulse laser module which is capable of two-photon excitation and together with four-channel two-photon detectors inside. And then uh, we also provide five couple, four wavelength CW laser module, compact core you know, laser module. And then together with four-channel you know, compact core uh, detector inside. So actually inside this box, we have a total eight detectors. Four detectors for two photon imaging and four detectors for photon images. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Listen In from Bite Size Bio. To access the visuals of this webinar, please see the episode description for a link to the full presentation. And then we also have an additional optical course for uh, other type of laser, such as tunable titanium sapphire pentasecond pressure lasers for you know tunable you know, uh, two photon tunable wavelengths two photon. Uh, images. So, well, let me briefly give you the you know, principle, the working principle of a compact microscope by using the detector. Uh, I don't know, by using the pinhole in front of the detector, it can you know efficiently reject the uh, fluorescence from out of a purple flame, as you shown in this and it, as you shown in this cambrics. And then uh, the fluorescence from the purple flame can be you know passed through the pinhole in front of the detector and can reach the detector. So, and then you know, it can be detected. So by using this in a compatible uh, configuration, compatible pinhole and detector configuration, we can obtain the high resolution section imaging from the sick tissue uh, inside the uh, live mouse model. So, so this is one nice example to show you the very wide area lymph node images we obtain. Uh, images we obtain from uh, obtained from the lymph node. So red color is the vessel, green color is actually dendritic cell, CD116, branching dendritic cell, and blue color is the uh, live one staining shows the uh, roma structures. So anyway, so this is another uh, the 3D imaging example obtained from the inguinal adipose tissue of the live mouse model. Uh, in vivo again by using our compact microscope model, ABFC. So in this particular example, we use adiponectin Cree crossed with the MTMG mouse model. And then this is the JSTAC uh, images. So actually at different depths with the uh, interval of a four micrometer, we obtain multiple compact uh, section the image from this adipose tissue. So this is optical, you know, sectioning. So we can, you know, penetrate through the adipose, penetrate through the adipose tissue with the four micrometer interval, and then obtain this high resolution section images you shown in here. And then green color is the adipose side, and the red color is uh, basically, basically vessel, 
and also some other uh, immune cells uh, shown here. And then after obtaining this very high resolution section of the images, uh, we can make uh, this 3D rendered you know, uh, data uh, out of this uh, GSTAC images. So as you can see, you know, we have a very high resolution, like a sub-micrometer resolution in 3D uh, from this uh, adipose tissue. So this is the uh, two-photon microscope, uh, the working principle. So instead of a single-photon excitation used in compact microscopy, in two-photon microscopy, uh, we use femtosecond uh, near-infrared femtosecond pressurizer to facilitate the uh, two-photon excitation, uh, as shown in this photo. So, and then uh, uh, this two-photon excitation only happens at the focus. So we don't need the uh, pinhole in two-photon microscope. We can just need we just need to you know detect every fluorescence generated from the focus. And in addition to so and this two-photon microscope is capable of a process imaging. And in addition to that, the two-photon microscope is capable of label-free nonlinear multi-camera uh, generation imaging, like a second number generation. And the interesting thing is that economic generation signal is very efficiently generated from the collagen in the biological tissue without any labeling. So it's not present signal. So it's, a, it's purely, you know, non-linear signal. And then it can be, it can provide you know, additional information to process the imaging as you shown in this example. This is the, uh, another in vivo imaging data we obtained from the liver uh, of the uh, liver fibrosis and scatosis model. And green color is the uh, fiber collagen uh, visualized by the second generation signal. And red color is actually the presence signal from the lipid droplet uh, labeled by the flow for called SF44. So by using our uh, uh, two photon lasers at uh, 920 nanometer, we can, you know, each, uh, we can achieve you know, four color you know, simultaneous imaging. And then in one color, we obtain the uh, collagen. Uh, we can you know, obtain the second generation signal to visualize the collagen. And then in this particular example, uh, the nuclei is, uh, is expressing GFP under the HDB promoter. And then uh, the red color is all other cell uh, under the promoter of the Roja 26 section. And the blue color is angiography uh, in uh, near infrared colors, infrared collection. So this is the uh, the GSTAC data, another in vivo GSTAC imaging data obtained from the skin. And as you can see, the nicely distinct individual cell nuclei and, uh, uh, and the you know, normal collagen and vessel and this big vessel in the middle uh, under the uh, normal layer. And this blue color shows the blood flow. Another example, so this is another example obtained from the muscle to show you the, uh, the, what kind of imaging data you can obtain by using our two-photon microscope. So we can, again, we can nicely see the myocyte uh, and then the special lumen and then a uh, uh, capillary and the nuclei in the muscle. This is the uh, image data obtained from the pancreas. So again, nuclei, you know, the membrane and vessel. And also, you know, this uh, the outer capsule of the pancreas can be nicely used together. Uh, this is the data obtained from the kidney. So can you can you know we can identify you can distinguish this uh, tumular structure of the kidney 
and then nuclear with the cell, and then uh, this uh, intertubular uh, capillary vessels. And uh, spleen, okay, okay. So we can see the numerous you know, cells, and uh, in the in the first place, we can see the uh, this capsule, the of the spleen, and then we can see the you know these vessels. Now all those you know three D, two D, and three D, and also you know time timeless three D data, the two D, three D, four D emitting data can be visualized and analyzed by uh, our own you know, image, on, image processing software called IBM Studio. So this is the 3D uh, data, one example. And this is 4D data, actually. So basically, we can take a G-stack imaging with a time interval. And then, so that's, uh, so it's basically the 4D data. And then we can you know, visualize it like this. And then, well, oh, this is the 3D data. So we can you know, even rotate it like this. In 3D space. So compared to Compocor and to bottom microscope, so the working principle is a little bit different. So in Compocor microscope we use a pinot. In two bottom microscope we don't need the pinot. Okay. And then uh, in two bottom microscope we use ten per second first laser in a near infrared, near infrared wavelengths, and then thereby you can provide a little more imaging depth. Uh, in a biological, in a uh, various tissue and organ of the live mouse model. So we can image up to 250 to 700 micrometer. Compared to that, this convocal microscope, the imaging depth is a little less. So it can penetrate up 100 to 200 micrometer, depending on the, uh, depending on the organs and then uh, uh, tissues. But you know, the advantage of a compocal microscope is it's very easy to use, and then it's much more efficient in multicolor uh, images. Compared to that, in two-photon microscope, we only have one wavelength, so thereby this multicolor imaging capability is a little bit more tricky. So this multicolor, uh, the choice of a profile is rather limited in two-photon microscope. But it has the advantage of improved imaging depths uh, in a tissue. So, and then again, uh, the, for both of these compocore and two-bottom microscope, we have a very high-speed laser scanner inside. So it, and then it's capable of a very high-speed you know, real-time imaging, up to uh, in, the speed, in the imaging speed in the range of 30 frames per second to 100 frames per second, with the 512 by 512 pixels per frames. And this high-speed imaging uh, capability was, uh, implemented by using rotating polygon meter inside. So this uh, uh, multi-passive polygonal meter rotate in very high speed, and then we can achieve a uniform, very high speed excitation illumination over the uh, entire imaging field of view. And then uh, our standard model provide, uh, gives you 30 frames per second, and then we have a higher speed option uh, up to 100 uh, frames per second. With again, uh, with the 512 by 512 pixels for frames. So this video rate imaging capability is very uh, is fast enough to monitor the blood flow. Uh, well, actually, this is the RBC flow, uh, red blood cell flow inside the tumor model. So in this particular example, so again we use the total skin point chamber. Uh, we inject uh, this LIC GFP cell, uh, just pseudo-colored in blue in here, and then after two weeks, 
we inject the fluorescently labeled red blood cell uh, through the tail vein. So we can see this process red blood cell flowing inside the vessel. And then uh, and at the same time, we inject this anti-CD31 antibody conjugate to label the endocellular cell. And then we can nicely you know, see this uh, blood flow, RBC cell flow in, the, in this tumor model. And interestingly, on the, uh, this vessel, you know, this, in, the, in, the, in this vessel in, uh, in the middle, you can nicely see the blood flow, the Irish flows. But in this vessel, on here, this you know, Irish flow is much more sluggish, much more slower, right? It's because this vessel is physically compressed by this surrounding uh, tumor cells. Okay? And then later time point, this vessel will eventually regress. And then that's the you know one of the uh, cellular mechanism to build up the uh, hypoxic uh, necrotic core in this at the center of the this tumor model. And again, in the lung, we can do the same thing. We can nicely monitor the flowing you know red blood cell in the uh, capillary in the lung, as I as I show you in here in this real time video. And then we can also you know see this Irish flow in the heart as well. Okay, so uh, so we can we provide the heart imaging chamber as well. So from the heart, this is actually the coronary artery and the capillary. And then in the red color, you can see, again you can nice you can nicely see the flowing red blood cell in the heart uh, coronary artery vessels. And then we also uh, and then we're also recently you know, working on developing the AI processing uh, model. And then this you know AI processing module can nicely remove the, this grainy noise from the uh, real-time video, as I show you in this example. So, in, uh, so this is the low data actually, uh, obtained in 30 frames per second. So it's high-speed system. So because it's high-speed uh, high system, we always have this uh, noise in the images. And then, well, now it's the error of the AI. So we can remove all this noise Using our own, you know, AI model, and then recover this, and then build up this very high resolution, uh, very, very high resolution and high SNR, uh, high speed video data. So this is the uh, data obtained from the muscle. So as you can see, compared to the low data, so we can nicely reduce, remove all the noise, and then you know recover uh, this high resolution, high SNR, real time video uh, from the muscle of this mouse model. And then this is from the kidney. So again, we can nicely you know, distinguish the uh, tubule, capillary, and then flowing the blood cell in your time. Okay, and then you know, compare and then together, you know, as we have this very high-speed imaging capability, we also can implement this automatic live tissue motion compensation function. So so although I didn't tell you before, and then in real situation, all the tissue and organ is you know, moving in live mouse model. So this is the real time, again, this is the real time video. So, and then this is one of the you know, very typical motion you will see uh, in a live organ and tissue. And then our solution is very, very much straightforward and efficient. So, we can we have a video rate imaging capability with a sorry frame per second as a default. And then we can analyze the motion of the tissue 
by looking at the, uh, the position of this all this cell, right? And then this vessel as well. And then we can for, and then we have our own algorithm for frame by frame, you know, motion compensation, as you can see here. So, you know, all this in you know, one cell, it just moves around in this continuous video, as you can see here. And then we can do frame by frame compensation and then recover the, and then, you know, nicely, you know, compensate the motion. Like this. And then this motion compensation is uh, very important to obtain this higher resolution, stabilized and higher standard video from this moving tissue, you know, like mouse model. And then to begin with, to implement this frame-by-frame -frame motion compensation, in the first place, you need to have this video rate imaging capability. So this video rate imaging capability provides, you know, uh, you know, provides uh, the uh, provide the capability to visualize the very high speed phenomena such as I display inside, and then it also has additional advantage to make the motion compensation to be efficient, and then you know. Uh, to be very nicely done, uh, as, as I show in this slide. So this is another example. So this is actually kidney. So all this, you know, different type of different pattern and different type of motion can be nicely compensated by using our uh, motion, automatic motion compensation algorithm. So in our software, it's you know, implemented like this. So this is the real-time video. And then what you need to do is you just activate the motion compensation functions and then just the uh, capture imaging capture uh, image capture button. And then, well, voila. After several seconds, you can get this uh, motion compensated image out of this uh, out of this moving fish. So finally, uh, and then we also for, to deal with the live animal, we provide the uh, animal body temperature monitoring and the maintenance uh, systems together with touch the table to control it. And then we also provide comprehensive sets of apparatus for various internal organizations. So this is the, uh, the screen capture of the, our table controller uh, shown in here. Okay, so we have a heating system uh, to keep the body temperature of the mouse, so as I explained before. And then we also provide the glass here actually to you know, stabilize the uh, tissue, uh, tissue temperature doing the imaging as well. So when you open the, this door, we can slide out the, uh, this uh, sliding, uh, this heating plate holder. Uh, and then we can put the uh, mouse model in here and then uh, do the images. And then by using our microscope, you know, we can image all different organ and tissue as I shown in here. So let me briefly, you know, quickly go through how we can image it all these different organ and tissues. So yeah, this is the, our data obtained from the scheme to show the uh, dynamic immune cell movement. So in this particular example, we use a RIGM GFP transient mouse model. So in this mouse, the neutrophil and macrophage express GFP. And then together with the vessel, this light colored the vessel, we can nicely see the movement of this cell, this immune cell inside the tissue. And then uh, this is our work progress staff uh, at 2017. So in this particular example, we inject the protein, the purified protein in the domain 
uh, in the dermis using microinjector. And then we can monitor how this protein you know, initiate the, uh, this neutrophilic macrophage infiltration to the injection site, as I, I show you here. So this is three hours after and six hours after this KRS protein injections. So you can, you know, directly see, you know, uh, the recruitment of the neutral pill through this KNS protein injection site. And then as I explained before, we can image the same mouse uh, again, uh, repeatedly basically. So this is their, uh, uh, this is the bone marrow imaging after the uh, bone marrow uh, transplantation. So this red color is the transplant cell. And then we can image the same mouse again at every day from day one, well, actually day two, day three, and day four. And then we can see, and then you can see how this transplant cell, you know, engraft in at the uh, certain location inside the bone marrow from day one to day three. And then we can see the, you know, dramatic uh, increase of this transplant cell earlier from day three and day four. So this is the time when this transplantable metal cell, you know, started to start to proliferate. So when we take the video at day four, uh, between at day three and day four, it looks like this. So all these individual, you know, small cluster is uh, look like this. And so we, we can see this proliferation of the cell as we show in here and here. Then we can also see the you know, migration of the uh, other transplanted cell to make her contact with these cell clusters. And then we can, we can do it even longer time point from like day two to day 10. And then we can see how this transplanted cell behave at the same location in the bone marrow in the same mouse model. And in this example, I already explained that we can image the liver and then you know, to monitor the drug delivery as I showed in here. In addition to that, we can you know, monitor the same mouse for a longer time period of time. So this is our, uh, our recent data obtained from the non-alcoholic peri-liver disease mouse model. In yellow color, we can see the lipid uh, droplet and then blue color cyan, uh, et cetera, the vessel. Then we can see the you know, increase of the lipid droplet uh, from the mouse model. So again, uh, we can nicely label the, this lipid droplet in a live mouse model by uh, intervention injection of this blood group, except for the And then in a liver model, we can, again, we can use this, uh, we can use a second-hand genetic signal to visualize the color. Data. And then, so this is our one data. So the red color is the, uh, the lipid droplet, and the green color is the collagen at the very sinusoidal airspace. And then, well, of course, this is two photon imaging data. So we can uh, we can make a GIST, we can do GSTEC images, and then we can nicely uh, observe you know, how this you know perivascular perisinusoidal private collagen is uh, accumulated at the uh, at the at the this, uh, sinusoid area. And this is the, our result obtained from the small intestine. So we can image the small intestine by uh, extra after the extraization of the small part of the small intestine. So this is the real-time, another real-time video show the, showing the lactate movement in the small intestinal villi. And the red color is actually the peri accident, the mid-chain peri accident. And then this peri accident from the small intestinal lumen from the villi 
And then later, it transmitted through the lymphatic vessel in the mesentery, as I shown in here. And then when it is centrally, we are able to you know, uh, image the small intestinal clip cell as well. So instead of a look through the, uh, look from the uh, luminal side, we can you know obtain this very high resolution clip cell, high resolution imaging of the clip cell from the outside of the small intestine. So uh, we can penetrate through the muscular layer uh, of the small intestine and then image the, this deep uh, and image the script cell at the bottom of the small intestine. And then also we can use you know, you know, a very variety of the imaging window technique for uh, including the dosage temporal chamber, abdominal imaging windows for long-term abdominal organ imaging and also cranial imaging window as well. So the dosage temporal chamber, uh, uh, I already explained this example, so we can so it's very nice technique to monitor the cancer gene of the mouse model for several weeks to even, uh, even months, actually. And then we can, and then by using this dosage uh, chamber, well, we can nicely monitor the drug delivery to the tumor, uh, the tumor cell or cancer cell, as I shown in here, in a period of 24 hours. Or even we can extend it, like uh, in a three days in couple image the exactly same position, and then see how this you know, tumor cell and then uh, tumor vessel you know, changes. And then, we saw, and then we can also compare the normal control, and then, and, then to, and then we can also see the impact of the treatment. And then this is the one very nice example to show the uh, anti-engineering treatment, result of the anti-engineering treatment, right? So we can suppress the you know, tumor vessel modality. So abdominal imaging window is, uh, again, it's a very nice tool that can be implanted on the abdomen of the mouse model and then image the uh, internal organ, such as the pancreas and spleen. And this is our uh, very recent work uh, of the pancreas tumor uh, images. So we make the pancreas tumor model by injecting this pancreas 2 GFT expansion cancer cell into the pancreas and at the same time, implant this pancreas imaging abdominal window. So from day one to day 15, we can image the same mouse. And then we can obtain this very high resolution uh, images or to show you, uh, to showing uh, this GFMX pancreas itself and also in a better changes. So this is again, same location, same mouse from day nine to day 14. And then we can see in how this uh, Pancreatic cancer cell proliferate, and then how tumor vessel you know, changes over time. And the cranial imaging window. So we basically we make a small hole in the skull, and then put the glass, and then after this surgery, we can image the brain very nicely. So this is the uh, a wide area just uh, images. So you can see, you can see this vessel in the meninges, and then we can see the penetrating. Uh, so this is the meninges actually, and then we can see the brain and the brain capillaries and the nucleus and the vessels. And then uh, what you can do was we can target just one vessel, one penetrating arterial, and then make a sunblock there. And then after that, we can observe the, how you know, the brain tissue changes in several levels from day zero to day seven. So again, this is the same mouse model, 
that we can observe the exact same location to see how it's astrocyte and pedocyte and endocellular cell and neurons you know, change over time. And then, and then we can also do functional analysis as well. So again, by injecting the uh, uh, dextran, fluorescent dextran, we can monitor uh, how this uh, uh, dextran leakage happened at day three after this microimpaction of the thrombosis, right? So you can see this red colored extra actually leaked out from the blood vessel at day three. But interestingly, it recovered at day five, right? So this is the same location again, same mouse model. So again, we used this vessel as a landmark to find the exact same location. So this, we can, so basically we observe the transient DBV dysfunction of a vascular decrease at day three, right? And then from day three to day five, this is there are several level phenomena happens in the vessel, uh, around the vessel. So this pericyte, the data color is the pericyte, it recover, uh, it extends its processes along the, along this CD31 expressing endocellular cell, right? So we, so this recovery of a pericyte, the best recovery is it's the underlying, you know, several level mechanism of this uh, recovery of the BB functions. So, you know, I showed you already uh, uh, how we can image all these different organs and then what we can do by using uh, intervital microscopy. So, so if you are interested, please visit our website, www.ibimtech.com. And then we have, a, of course, we have information about the, uh, the compocal and two-button intervital microscope we are providing. And then we also have a customization option for other, you know, very special application. And then you can find the information about the, how we can, how you can use, how we can use the intervital microscope technique to study the various, you know, digital models. And then we also have a uh, uploaded uh, series of webinars uh, focusing on uh, specific topics like uh, peptide or nanoparticle imaging or accident imaging what drive track visualization and so on. And then you know, we also provide the research service as well. So uh, we have our own uh, animal facility and then imaging that. So if you have some any you know, material or a digital model to images, just uh, ask us and then we can you know, do the animal intervital imaging analysis for you and then provide you the report. This is one example for you. So uh, in this work, we monitor the delivery of the exosome at 10 minutes and 30 minutes after the injection. So you can see this radical exosome were delivered to the target cell rapidly only at 10 minutes after the injections, uh, intervention, uh, the intravenous injection, and then it's internalization at 30 minutes after the injections. So we, inter, uh, IBIN technology, we provide the all-in-on intervital microscopy system. We also provide the research service as well. And then we have a, a specialist team, the in-house specialist team, and then in-house lab with the advanced know-how of intravital imaging, more than 10 years. So we can consult, you know, how to design the intravital imaging system. And then we can, you know, provide all the, all the technical detail, how to free-free the mouse model and how to, how to label, for instance, label the uh, cells in a live mouse model and so on. And then, so we can provide you know this 
uh, very advanced, you know, technical support for uh, intermarketing to optimize you, to design and optimize your intermarketing applications. And then of course we can also provide the training and technical service as well. So thank you very much for your attention. Uh, and then I'm happy to answer any questions you might have. Thank you very much. Thank you, Pilan. That was a great presentation. Um, we've got a few questions from the audience. If anyone else has a question, please feel free to post this in the questions box that appears on the top right of your screen. Um, so let me start to off first with this question. Um, how many days can I observe the target tissue in a living body when I adapt to the imaging window? Okay, that's a, that's a very good question. So it depends on the you know tissue and organs you're interested in. So uh, I already showed you in case of the brain, we can well, by using the technique called cranial imaging window, we can image up to several months actually. So uh, it's up to like it, we can image during the same mouse brain for more than six months if necessary. Mm -hmm. So that's one you know, kind of extreme example. And then in other organ, like the abdominal organ, if we use the uh, this abdominal imaging window, we can typically image up to three to four weeks. So that's the you know, typical imaging period we can achieve. And then uh, for other type of organs like your heart and lung, it's more difficult actually. So mm -hmm. uh, in that cases, in the interaction organ, the lung, we can image the lung and heart as I showed you in the seminar. Uh, for that case, you know, we maybe so the you know the maximum you know uh, the, we we can image like uh, twice or three times at most uh, by using the those stabilizing imaging window, and then the time interval is uh, maybe couple of couple of days actually. So that might be the you know, maximum you know imaging period we can achieve for mm -hmm. long and hard. So so it depends on the tissue really. Yeah, it depends on tissue and mm -hmm. uh, organs and then. Uh, and then you know, it also you know depends on uh, you know what the purpose of the imaging experiment you know as you may imagine so uh, so uh, well if necessary you know we can you know we can implement uh, you know new method like a uh, new method or a new imaging window we can implement a uh, you know, new imaging window to even further extend the imaging period if necessary but uh, so but it's all you know kind of a needs based you know development. yeah thanks. Um, there's a question that just came in. I'll read that out. Um, how can this visualized system um, contribute to analyzing immune phenotypic markers or cell dose engraftments? Can we use it for that? Oh yeah, of course we can. So, uh, so as you, as you know, as many of you may aware, you know, we can use various transgenic reporter mouse model. Uh, that express a you know, process protein in specific type of immune cell, right? So uh, you know when when we use those kind of you know reporter you know immune cell uh, you know the, the transient mouse model express process protein in certain type of immune cell, you know we can just uh, you know, repeatedly image that mouse, and then we can you know follow up the you know how the number of immune cell changes, you know, or you know how the activity of that immune cell changes over time. So that might be the you know one way to you know analyze the uh, the immune phenotype uh, in on those immune yeah, phenotypic markers. 
And then uh, we can also use you know, various antibodies conjugate with the chlorophyll uh, to you know uh, to analyze the you know, expression of those in you know, a surface marker in the certain type of immune cells. Thank you. Um, let me move on to this next question. Um, are there any side effects or unexpected events caused by window surgery? Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. There is always a possibility of, about that because it's a surgical procedure, you know. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so basically, it's a surgical procedure. So we need to give the mouse the enough time to recover from the surgery. That's the first place, mm -hmm. and then. Uh, if our surgical procedure was not performed, you know, correct, you know appropriately, then uh, it may cause you know, excessive inflammations you know, after the surgery, and they fail to you know properly recover. So that's one you know potential side effect. So what we normally do is we you know uh, prepare you know enough number of mice, you know, as your kind of a backup in the first place. And then, uh, in the, and then the, the other thing is, uh, you know, to bypass those, uh, you know, potential side effects of the excessive inflammations. That's one thing. And then also another thing is at the end of the experiment, we always need to check whether our, you know, surgical procedure do additional, you know, impact on the, our imaging analysis. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to compare that, we always do the sham, we always prefer the sham control mouse model as well, mm -hmm. you know, to, you know, to evaluate the impact of the surgical procedure itself. Thanks. Um, there's an interesting question that just came in. Is it possible to view two different imaging windows in the same model? Um, for example, an abdominal window and a cardiac window? Oh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> technically possible, but uh, it may be difficult to get the you know, approval for the IACC, as you may imagine. You know. mm. So uh, it's technically possible to implant two imaging window in the same mouse model, same mouse at the same time, but the, uh, but the, you know, it's not it's very difficult to image the two imaging window at the same time because mm. the, the mouse is quite small, as you imagine, and then there we need this high you know high numerical projective lens, high magnification objective lens, which are you know a little bit big, you know, compared to the size of the mouse. So we have a physical constraint to, to, to use two large objective lens to image the two image window in a single mouse at the mm. same time. But we may do it in a sequentially, in a single mouse. Yeah, I guess they're just too small. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, then, and then we also you know, have an ethical issue as well. <laughs> you know, yes. We always you know, want to minimize the you know, suffering exactly. of the mouse model. So it, it may be difficult to get the you know, approval to use two imaging window in a single mouse model at the same time. Yeah, that might be the biggest challenge. Yeah. Um, the next question for you is um, how deep can we image in vivo and ex vivo inside the brain? Uh, inside the brain, okay. So so our imaging penetration also you know depends on the type of tissue and organs. Mm -hmm. So brain is uh, one of the most transparent you know, organ in the in the mouse actually. So, uh, so uh, by using Compocore imaging mode, we can typically penetrate up to two hundred micrometer uh, in the brain. Then with the two photon imaging mode, we can penetrate further. Uh, we can penetrate up to seven hundred to you know, maybe one thousand.
micrometer, so one millimeter. That might be the you know, kind of a maximum. And then, well, that's for the brain. But the, for other type of tissue, like uh, like uh, liver or kidney, the imaging penetration is much less because it's a full blood, as you imagine, and then mm -hmm. this blood absorbs a lot of light. So in the liver, the typical penetration is uh, with the compocal imaging mode, it's typically 100 micrometer. And with the two photons, normally 250 micrometer might be the maximum in vivo. And then in case of vivo, you know, uh, the, basically without any treatment, the imaging penetration will be similar. But uh, in vivo condition, you know, uh, maybe many of you already know, you know there are other you know, techniques called optical clearing. So uh, we can treat you know, the, this vivo organ and tissue to be more transparent. And then, you know, we can extend our imaging penetration depth up to several millimeters. So once again, it depends on the mm -hmm. tissue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then also condition of the tissues. Mm -hmm. you know, in vivo is typical. In vivo is, you know, quite a, quite a, you know, like yeah. several hundred of micrometer to one millimeter might be the maximum. But in ex vivo, it can be several millimeter with additional, you know, clearing process. Um, and is it possible to image uh, human tissues and non-human primates? Okay, yeah, of course. You know, we can image the human tissue as well. So people we have no problem at all. So we can image any, you know, people human tissue uh, with uh, uh, process labeling. And then also we can image the in vivo human tissue as well, you know. So there are several reports by other groups and then other, uh, by other, uh, so in a, uh, in clinical trial, you know, there have been several reports using intravital microscopy, you know, like a compocal or two-photon microscopy to image the human tissue in vivo. So it's a, uh, it's possible. But the one tricky part in here is there are a very limited number of flow what we can use in human in vivo. So mm -hmm. it might be doing a technical challenge. Yeah, and, and while I was asking that, another question came in asking uh, about uh, for example, zebrafish, amphibians. Um, I guess you can use any model system. Oh yeah, of course. You know, uh, in case of zebrafish, you know, uh, the many people, you know, the other group have used it to image the zebrafish. You know? mm -hmm. uh, as far as I know, you know, they use agarose cell to, you know, immobilize the zebrafish, for mm -hmm. example. And then in case of amphibian, you know, we uh, it's also possible, you know, I, I saw several reports about that. The anesthetization should be, in that case, should be, you know, gas system, you know. We can use isoprene or ether, you know, to keep the animal to be anesthetized during the images. Um, yeah, and then a question came in. So after evaluating um, with the uh, with the window, is it possible to revive um, the animal again? Oh, yeah, of course, you know, so uh, the, the mouse is anesthetized yeah. during the intravital imaging. So, so as you, you know, as you can easily imagine, after we finish the imaging, we can just, we can just, you know, uh, let the mouse to be awake, away, awake, mm -hmm. awake again from the anesthesia. And then we can, you know, keep that mouse in the cage mm -hmm. for several, you know, for, for several days if necessary. And then, you know, we can bring that mouse again the exact same mouse again, and then you need the same mouse. Mm -hmm. 
And then, like, we can repeat those in an imaging session in a single mouse model. Great. Thanks. Um, I've just got one question left for you, and that mm -hmm. is, um, what would you describe um, is the advantage of this device over other confocal and two-photo microscopes? Okay, so uh, in the first place, you know, our system is much more optimized for uh, live animal, live, you know, animal imaging. And then we also provide the, uh, you know, motion compensation function and then very high speed imaging. And then uh, our high speed imaging capability is the key to achieve this uh, motion compensation, high quality motion compensation in a moving tissue in a live mouse model. And then also, you know, our system uh, is, uh, uh, is, you know, integrated with uh, this uh, temperature control system. You know, so it's quite important to, to keep the mouse body temperature to be stable mm -hmm. during the uh, intermittent imaging. You know, because once anesthetized, the mouse body temperature drops very rapidly. Uh, the mouse body temperature drops, you know, several degrees only after 10 to 20 minutes. So you can easily imagine, you know, it's very important to keep the you know, body temperature to be stable yeah. for several, for during the whole, you know, period of time, period of intermittent imaging. And then uh, it's also important to, to keep the uh, tissue temperature to be stable as well. So we, all, you know, we kind of, you know, have all the heating system and the temperature monitoring device integrated with our microscope. So it's, you know, you know, it's ready to be used by yeah. customers. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, that brings us to the end of the webinar. So thank you again, Pilan, for a very illuminating presentation and Thanks. a great discussion, of course. Okay. Yeah. And thanks to our sponsor, IVIM Technology. And finally, thanks to the audience for taking the time to attend and listen in. So until next time, good luck in your research and goodbye from all of us at IVIM Technology and Bite Size Bio. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Listen In from Bite Size Bio. To view the full presentation of this webinar or to browse the Listen In series, please see the episode description for links. Finding the right mentor can make all the difference in your research journey. But what if you don't have one? Look no further than Mentors at Your Benchside, the podcast that offers curated advice from experienced researchers on lab skills, techniques, and career progression. With short, easy-to-access episodes, you can get the help you need to succeed in the lab. Visit bitesizebio.com forward slash podcasts or search for Mentors at Your Benchside in your podcast app to subscribe and get help and advice from seasoned scientists.